Welcome to the Spring Boot Learning Podcast, the channel where you learn about Spring Boot and have fun doing it. And now for your host. He's a developer on the Spring Team, a coffee-loving code wrangler, and the biggest Doctor Strange fan you'll ever meet, Greg Turnquist. Today's episode of the podcast, we're going to answer the question, what is Jakarta EE and why does this matter when building Spring Boot applications? It's coming up. Jakarta EE is what has been known in the past as Standard Java or Enterprise Java. In fact, the EE stands for Enterprise Edition. Now, you may have heard of this in the past under other names like Java EE or J2EE. Now, in the past, before it became Jakarta EE, this was actually part of the standard issue of Java. Java itself as a language is controlled by a design committee and a series of specs. The JVM it runs on is also controlled by the same entity. And up until the handoff to the Eclipse Foundation of all the EE specs were covered by the same entity. Now, it used to be that in the beginning, Sun Microsystems was the inventor of Java and that ecosystem. But uh, when they went bankrupt and Oracle took them over several years ago, Oracle took that on. And just in recent years, Oracle has decided to hold on to Java development, but relinquish the Enterprise Edition bits. So they turned over all the specs, all the code, except the trademarked Java expression. And because Oracle would not surrender the term Java, they had to come up with a new one. So they actually reached into an old bag from the Apache Software Foundation known as Jakarta Java. There was actually an umbrella of open source projects like Jakarta Struts. Uh, there were several other packages and products that came out of there that were open source projects. The name Jakarta itself is not covered by any trademark, so instead they could leverage that. So you could have what used to be things like JMS, which used to be known as Java Messaging Service, and retool it as Jakarta Messaging Service. You had things like Java Servlet Specs, or now the Jakarta Servlet Specs. There's uh, other things. JDBC used to be Java Database Connectivity. Now it's Jakarta Database Connectivity. See how it was easy to use Jakarta and be able to retain most of the acronyms that we're already familiar with. Now, if you hang on to the end of the video, I'm gonna tell you exactly why Jakarta EE is so vital if you're gonna embrace Spring Boot and Java development on the whole. But first, you may have heard about some sense of controversy with regards to Jakarta EE and in the past, Java EE and so forth. Well, what Jakarta EE comes with is not only do we have specs for things like JDBC and JMS and servlets and so on and so forth, but there was an additional specification. So each of these different projects has a spec to define it, but over all of that is what's called an umbrella spec. So there was one specification that said this version of Enterprise Java includes this version of JDBC, that version of servlets, so on and so forth, specifying every module. So to be compliant with all of it, you had to pick it all up and go with it. You weren't allowed to mix and match based upon your needs and still assert that you were a standardized Java application. Some people found that a bit stifling to operate under that paradigm. It's kind of like being handed an entire stack and being told you're not allowed to upgrade any of it until you can upgrade all of it. How does that differ from, for example, your Spring Boot application? If you go to start.spring.io and put together a Spring Boot application, you get handed a set of auto-configured dependencies. Spring Boot has already picked all these versions, so doesn't that sound a lot like an umbrella spec? Well, not really, because the key difference is 
is that you can go in and do overrides. You can say, I need this newer version of Spring Hadios. And you can say, I'm going to upgrade this version. The Spring Boot team can tell you the compatibility it's supporting. It says, well, we support this combination and we have these, these ranges if you want to pick something. Um, for example, if you're going to pick up Spring Boot 2.7, you can't therein pick up Spring Framework 6.0. Those won't work together. But you can decide to start with Spring Boot 2.7.0 and go update to newer versions of Spring Framework 5.3 if you want to. You have the flexibility to go in and do overrides and you're coached on it, but nobody is telling you that you suddenly don't have an official Spring Boot application. And this was one of the challenges we had with Jakarta EE was people that were interested in having an approved, supported, standardized, interoperable system really like to have all that specification in place. Being able to trade in all that risk came with a slower rate to improve or to upgrade to newer versions. And everything when you get into engineering really is a handful of trade-offs. The idea is, do you want to reduce risk or increase it? That's the idea that would be put forth if you want to pick up Jakarta EE. Now you can debate as to how much risk are you really trading in. There's newer specs and stuff coming out. When are you going to get access to them? This was a challenge in the app server marketplace because one of the promises that came with Jakarta EE is that your app should be portable to go from one version of an app server to another if they are on the same version of Jakarta EE or the Java EE and so forth. But even that was not necessarily true because in any spec you always run into gaps or things that are overlooked by the committee or, you know, it's like, hey, it just doesn't answer those questions. So the vendor has picked an answer for that. And if you go to another vendor, you may discover that they don't have the same tactic or same approach. This is the same phenomenon with SQL-based systems. If you build your application around PostgreSQL, your queries will not be 100% compatible with going to MySQL, even if you're using the same standard version of SQL, because again, there's holes in the spec that vendors fill in. So there was no guarantee that you could jump app servers anyway. So essentially, when you picked Jakarta EE and then picked an app server, you're kind of dialed into a solution and you had to wait for that vendor to come up with an upgrade and it typically took vendors a lot longer to implement all the specs and assert their compatibility with it so a lot of people found that slower pace of evolution kind of a bad taste in the mouth and this was really put on its head when oracle took over java development and started releasing faster upgrades for java language suddenly we're at java 6 but we got here comes an update for java 7 java 8 java 9 java 10 they were coming quickly and you could upgrade or you could jump up to a major LTS version. So Java itself was picking up speed, but Java EE was not, and that was a bit of a tension right there. This video is sponsored by Learning Spring Boot 3.0 Third Edition. Do you want to build a Java app without wasting time? Do you need to create a web layer backed by a powerful yet intuitive data layer? And do you want to protect your users with the most up-to-date and widely used security tools? Learning Spring Boot 3.0 Third Edition will show you the way. And to top things off, it even includes how to deploy and maintain your application in production. Check it out at springbootlearning.com book and pre-order your copy today. Now, what does this matter for a Spring Boot application? Well, one thing that needs to be clear is that basically Oracle turned over the specs and everything to the Eclipse Foundation. We already mentioned that earlier in this video. One of the things that they had to do was the fact that all these Java EE packages were prefixed 
Java X dot whatever. Jakarta EE9 is the version where they changed that because remember they weren't able to use Java anymore since it's a trademark symbol owned by Oracle. Everything in the new Jakarta EE9 packages is, you guessed it, prefixed with Jakarta. Jakarta.jms, Jakarta.servlet, whatever. Jakarta E9 is the version where they migrate over to that version. And essentially, all the newer releases of all these projects that are based on those specs is going to pick those up. You want Tomcat 10? You want the newer versions of JDBC drivers? You want Hibernate 6.1? All of them are moving to the new standard. If you're going to hold back and not adopt Jakarta EE9, you're basically not going to get any of these new major packages when they come out. Jakarta EE9 and Jakarta EE8 are not compatible with each other, so you basically have to pick one to go with it. And that's where the future is headed, Jakarta EE9. And that is where Spring Boot 3 and Spring Framework 6 will be. I want to thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Spring Boot Learning Podcast. Go visit your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review. This episode of the podcast is over, but your code writing journey continues. Visit springbootlearning.com and find links and resources to help you write better apps.